Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast presented by DraftKings. And we are exactly one month away from the 2022 NFL Draft. It starts Thursday, April 28th. Today is Monday, March 28th, so it is absolutely perfect timing for you to tell everybody you know, your mother, your brother, your brother from another mother, about the College Draft Podcast because you're not here for me, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. You are here for the great Emery Hunt, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. And today we are joined by a guy I could not possibly be happier for. I actually haven't talked to him really about this as much as I would like to. This guy used to call into my radio show, and I forget what his job was. He'll tell me in a second. And now he works for ESPN. He covers the Titans. He lives in Nashville. I kind of hate him for that because Nashville is amazing. And you need to check him out on social media at T Davenport underscore NFL. I'm talking about the great Tehran. Used to be in my in my world, Tehran from Philadelphia. Tehran. Uh, you got to tell the story, man. I mean, I, I know we're going to get to the wide receivers. And by the way, I said to Emery, we need the best wide receiver guy. He's like, get Teron. Teron's the wide receiver guy, which is awesome. But you got to tell the listeners the story first. How did you go from being a listener to my radio show to being where you are now? And it was all about the connections and just having a dream and not letting anything stop me from doing what I wanted to do, man. You know, a lot of – with you and, and Bob Papa and, and Pat Kerwin, Tim Ryan when he was there, Jim Miller, Eddie Brasile, you know, connecting with a lot of the producers and just getting comfortable talking on your shows because you guys always gave me a chance to to run my mouth a lot, you know, when I when I was on. So that helped. And then even with the guy that, that's on here, Emery Hunt, I, I got really a lot of reps with, with Emery on video and stuff like that and, and just was able to continue to, to progress. Uh, I built my own website and 
you know, I, I had, uh, as you remember, I was a 49ers fan and I was writing about the 49ers. And I actually, I did a breakdown of Colin Kaepernick after his start on Thursday night football is his first start. And he actually, his agent saw it and sent it to him. He put it on his Facebook and then I got connected with outlets in, in the Bay area. And that was kind of the start and just continuing to work my way through Baltimore and then was in Philly and the Super Bowl happened. And then I got a random uh, email talking about, do, would you like to be, or would you be interested in one of our ESPN NFL nation reporters uh, uh, positions? And, you know, I, I said, hell yeah. You know, and I don't even curse, you know what I mean? But that was the mindset. And uh, I shot her the email back and things just, you know, it worked out from there. All right. So that's interesting, Teron. So what, 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 when we used to call into the radio show and we would talk, what was your job? I forget. Yeah, I, I used to work in clothing. Uh, I, I was a, like a, a, a merchandiser um, type of position in, in clothing. And, you know, um, I, I would uh, always fly to San Francisco, man. And, well, one of the, the accounts that we had w- was American Airlines and U.S. Airways. So, you know, I used my smile, my charm. And uh, anytime I fitted the, the flight attendants, I made sure I dropped in a a couple of bids for uh, uh, buddy passes, and you know you made it work, man. You, you got to do what you got to do. So, Emery, I, I got I got to tell everybody a couple of things about Tehran. Okay, <laughs> so first of all, okay, Tehran lived in Philly and had Niners season tickets, yep. and like would go to away games, a lot of away games, which is crazy. Secondly, I want to say like maybe my second year or third year in the media removed from playing, I got a chance to call a couple of games on Fox um, NFL games. I did well on like, I can't remember who it was. Um, I did a game earlier in the season and it went well, might've been Niners Seahawks. So then they let me do the last, it was Niners Seahawks. And then they let me do the last game of the year with flex scheduling Rams Niners. And, Teron tells me on the radio show he's coming to the game, the whole thing, Emery. Well, we're both flying out of Philly, right? So I get on the plane. Teron's sitting in first class. Teron's <laughs> up in first class. I'm the guy that's going to be on TV. I'm the guy. Go- and I walk by him. And I'm like, Teron, what is going on? Something is wrong here. <laughs> you know, it always happens to Ross like that. Just like he saw, he saw me uh, – doing the, the Ivy League. So I was like, yo, what the hell, man? Like, I play in the Ivy League. <laughs> like, yeah, Teron. <laughs> Emery is like the, the video guy now for the Ivy League. Break Like, the Ivy League posts, like, let's get Emery's thoughts on the Ivy League. Like, what? He played what? He's a raging Cajun. Right. Like, right. how is he the Ivy League guy? How is Teron in first class? I serve my country. I played in the NFL, okay, for seven <laughs> years. Now, Teron, I'm, I'm thrilled for you, man. It, it's awesome. I didn't know you were a wide receiver guy, though. Like, when did this start? Oh, it's always been that way, man. I, I've uh, I played the position, so I always, you know, uh, take extra notice to to what these guys do. So it, it's been that way, oof, for for a while. Well, I love it, and let's dive into it. Very interesting. There's a wide range of people's opinions on these receivers this year. Emory, yeah. your top-ranked guy is Drake Lund- – well, let me let me take a step back. Emory, you got to explain 
you really do have four different positions. Yeah, because you can't rank and grade guys that's going to be playing different positions. You can't compare Cole Beasley and Randy Moss. They're playing two separate positions. So I have split ends, which are your X's, flankers, which I love that word, which is your Z receiver, slot guys are your slot guys, and these bigger inside receivers are called inside receivers. These are guys that are usually like that Marcus Colson type that can play that role, that tight split. Uh, a line on the on the line of scrimmage, but they're like four yards off uh, the tackle. But they can play a little bit inside, but they also can play outside. Uh, there's a kind of cross between those two uh, positions, so I kind of created a fourth position called that inside. So explain the difference between inside and like slot. Slot guys are a lot quicker than the inside guys. Inside guys are, you know, maybe they can be an X in some cases. But some guys are, you know, maybe, you know, a, a couple big max away from playing tight end anyway, right? So you got to get them used to playing on the inside. And they, they're a little bit more physical, but they may not be as quick or sudden as someone that plays out there on the perimeter. Okay, so your number one guy that you have listed as an, a split end is Drake London. You gave him an 86th grade, which is very high for you and your grading system, Drake London from USC, Emory. Arrogant hands right off the bat, man. Someone that just knows he's better than the guy he's going up against, confident in how he goes about his business and how he runs his route. He can get his hands up late because he knows he can pluck it out the air. Uh, So he does a lot of things rather well, and teams know he's the number one threat on that offense and he's still been able to be productive. And they get the football to him right away. He's able to make guys miss. Uh, he's a he's a, a guy that can be a, a rack guy um, at the NFL level. He just plays the pro game already, and I think he's a plug-and-play starter. What do you think, Teron, of Drake London? I love Drake London, and the thing that I love about him is the contested catch ability that he has. I mean, this is a guy you could just put it up there. He He's one of those ones where the quarterback could back shoulder all day, you know, aim it at the back of the helmet, and he's going to turn around and he's going to get it. So I, that's the, my main thing with him is just that ability to make plays when uh, there's a, what, what you call combat catches. And then on top of that, as Emory said, he could get you the, the yards after the catch as well. I think he's an outstanding player. I wish he would have been able to run because at the combine, because there's always this tendency when a guy is big, you, you always naturally doubt his speed. So I wish he would have been able to run, and, and I think that would have really helped his stock. But he'll still be one of the top receivers selected. All right, I'm going to ask both of you guys this. When I hear about how good a guy is at contested catches in college, I get a little nervous because it's like, well, why are they all contested? Like, why is he not getting open more? Why is it so many contested catches? Shouldn't he be getting separation and getting open? I'll start with you, Teron, on that. No, that's a good point, and that's something that comes up a lot when you talk about trailing Burks out of Arkansas. But I think what you also have to look at is is not all of these guys are in schemes where they're they're – like designed to, to be wide open. You look at like Ole Miss, for example, you, you look at uh, Pittsburgh, some of the things that they do, they scheme these guys open, but you definitely have to take that in consideration. I think London is still able to create separation and I, I, don't, I don't think it's a, as much of an issue with him, but you have to take into consideration all the combat uh, contested catches because 
a, a if you're covered in in college, you're going to be covered even worse in the league, and you're not going to go against a guy that's, that's you know ha, has a podcast on on, on Sundays. You're going to go against a guy who's playing on Sundays, so the coverage is going to be different. Emery, what's what would be your response to my concern? And look, there's a lot of guys' names I could give. I know one of the reasons the Eagles loved Arthega Whiteside was he was so good at contested catches in college, and it just doesn't – a lot of times those guys, they're not making those same catches in the NFL. Yeah, it's a case-by-case basis, and I also want to say you got to factor in these dudes throwing them the football. It's like, bro, I was over five minutes ago, and now you finally decided to throw the football to me. The dude caught up with me now, like, so it's a contested catch. So – and some of these guys don't have these arms that you're going to see at the pro level to really kind of help you create that separation. We call it what throwing guys open. So yeah. you, you, I think quarterback play plays into why we see a lot of contested catches at the collegiate level. Now, granted, some guys really struggle to separate, but also some guys are getting seen late in the process because of the quarterbacks they're playing. Well, remember, these are a lot of 18, 19 year old dudes that's, you know, still worrying about who's trying to come and, uh, you know, sack him. And the dude has been open. The savvy receiver has been open, but they just hadn't gotten the ball to him yet. So two guys, a, oh, go ahead, Tron. Two guys that come into mind and, and uh, opposite ends of the spectrum of that, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, when he's at South Carolina. And I, I remember watching him. I always said, man, like, All right, this, this is a receiver with a belly. Uh, he's always he's always making contested catches. I don't think he's going to be good. He's slow in and out of his breaks, but look at what he ended up doing. But then on the opposite end, Malcolm Kelly out of Oklahoma, I was like, man, he's going to be that dude. And he that didn't work out. So it's it's strange. Uh, as Emory said, you do have to go case by case. Um, I, I do want to mention before we get into your next guy, Emory, that we got the final four. Coming up this weekend, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now if you haven't already. Use promo code ROSS. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code ROSS this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make the Final Four even more exciting than it already is. I think you will really Really enjoy that. Um, what about your next guy, Emery? Let's get to your number one flanker, Christian Watson. My guy, Christian Watson oh. from North Dakota State. I love it. Yeah, listen. First of all, he's from Florida, so he has track speed, number one. Don't think he's you know born and raised in Nebraska somewhere and found his way at North Dakota State. No. They know what they're doing. They get the point of attack guys from the Midwest, and they go to Florida. They got a pipeline and get that speed. So he can fly, literally. And I love how his day and Malik Willis's their best days were on the worst days of the Senior Bowl. When it was raining out there, it was pouring down, torrential downpour. He's catching everything, and Malik Willis is throwing everything perfectly. So it shows you that while every receiver was letting the ball hit him in the mouth, this dude was out there catching the ball with his hands, not afraid of the weather. And when you were to North Dakota State, you saw them utilize him in a wide receiver run game. They were putting him in the backfield at times. So he can do a lot. And he's another one of these guys who's long, athletic, um, that can get down a field. He's almost a prototype for what the Packers like in their receivers and what the Chargers like in their receivers. They love these long guys that can fly. He's definitely one of them. Thoughts, Teron, on Watson? 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to that. He's a guy that despite that 6'3", 6'4", size, he has changed the direction skills. And that transfers really well to the NFL as far as the route running and those things are concerned. And I remember watching him at, at the combine. I was watching him in the hallway with Bomber, Pete Bomaritos at his, you know, working on his get-offs. And if you remember, Emery, I said, yo, Christian Watts is going to fly. And just the way that, that he's able to get off of the, the, the whistle, so to speak, you know, when, when he runs, I, I think that's, that's going to really help him. And I tell you what, you watch that Northern Iowa game, he and a guy by the name of Isaiah Weston, man, they were going at it. They could have had like 500 total yards receiving if there was a little bit better quarterback play. But, yeah, Watson, no one is really talking about him. But I could see him springing all the way up to the second round because he's that good of a player. Your number one slot, Emery, is Jamison Williams from Alabama, and he's your highest-graded receiver, 86-and-a-half. Makes me sick what happened to him in the national championship game. I hate that. I hate what happened to David Ojabo. I hate it. I hate that you know people will use his size as a reason to why he got hurt when that's totally not the case. It's a freak occurrence. Like, injuries – are freak occurrences. You know, he could run that play 40 times and only will get hurt that one time that he ran it. And it was a non-contact injury anyway. Um, But he can legit fly. He has that type of acceleration and speed that Jalen Waddle had before he had that ankle injury. Uh, But Williams's ability to really separate is tremendous. He's like the quintessential deep threat, not because he can – you know, create like yards of separation, but he also tracks the ball well and catches the ball well. That makes you more of a deep threat than anything. But when you combine that with the explosive, ridiculous speed, he is by far able to be that one that can uh, really take the top off the defense, so to speak. But as a slot guy, I think he's shifty enough to where he can create the separation of short area field and has that speed once he catches it to really house call it. What do you think of Williams, Teron? Williams is actually my, my top-rated receiver, and I, I, I love Chris Olave, but Williams is just – he's on a different level to me. And, yeah, the deep threat, that that is something where, like, he brings gas right off the line of scrimmage, but he also is savvy enough to find windows and zone, and then he's able to even, like, in, in man type of coverage, you know, run through the catch – and just to have that speed and ability to accelerate through the catch is stupid. And that's why you see him just murder all these angles that these safeties have. I mean, he will catch the football and he will pull away from everybody. So it's not just him running down the field and tracking the ball. It's him getting you the yards after the catch uh, when when it gets in his hands. And, and uh, I mean, he could take a, a short pass and he'll take it the distance. He's a threat anytime he's on the field to score the football. I love it. I'll be very curious to see where he goes after the torn ACL. Very curious because you guys both love him. It seems like everybody else loves him too. So that's going to be – everybody's going to be trying to play that game. You know, who's going to offer him? Who's going to draft him? Who's not? Everybody's going to want to know what the deal is there. Um, I think that's interesting. What about your number one inside guy – Emery, and I think it's interesting. I'm not surprised. Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, but I guess I'm surprised that the grade you gave him is only a 79. 
Yeah, I mean, I, there are some little nuances within this game that he still has to work on. Um, and there's a reason why Olave is seen in a greater light than he is. Um, and a lot of it has to do with speed, number one. You know, he's more of a four or five guy, I feel like. Um, and Olave, we know, can fly. And he said it himself when we interviewed him uh, at CBS at the combine. He, we asked him, we was asking all Ohio State guys, who's the faster between Wilson and Olave? And when we got to Wilson, Wilson was like, hey, man, you know, Olave can slide, man. He, he's someone that, that can really go. He's faster than me. And he went out there and proved it. But what I love about Wilson, and because you, we talked about what the inside position is, and, you know, how it's usually bigger guys. He's probably one of the smaller guys, um, but he's my number one inside guy. So that tells you he plays a physical game. I think people are surprised, uh, DBs are surprised, how physical he is at the catch point within his route running. You think he's 186. You could just push him out from hash to hash, hash to sideline. And, no, he, he's out there. He's out muscling guys for the football He's strong after the catch in terms of what he can do running the football. So he plays a really good game, and I think he's going to be someone that could be another one of these plug-and-play guys from day one. Wilson, Teron? You know, he reminds me a lot, honestly, of Robert Woods, whereas he is a very – because the polish and smooth route running ability that he has, it it gives me – and he's not a big guy, as Emery mentioned, but you could pile up the targets on him, and he's going to pile up the catches – and he'll continue to to work through that. So, I mean, I, I understand putting him at that position because also you look at the catching ability, very reliable, again, very much like Robert Woods. So for someone that, that you know, may not have seen him play a lot, you watch Robert Woods, you're basically seeing Garrett Wilson. You're, you're, uh, this is awesome, Emery. Your sleeper at wide receiver, Irv Charles at IUP, I know a lot about him. I watched his high school video when he was in Jersey. Um, I watched him at Penn State. He's an interesting guy because he was Penn State's best dude on special teams. He was a gunner. Like, he was awesome on special teams. Here's the thing. He would make, I'd say, the two years he was their top special teams guy, he probably had at least five just ridiculous penalties. Like the most blatant blocks in the back you've ever seen where you're just like, what is he doing? I remember thinking like, I can't believe they still have him out there, but he would make the tackle all the time. And he was so like, he was that good. He's big. He's athletic. It just seemed like mentally at receiver. I mean, he had a touchdown against Minnesota that led Penn state to go to the big 10 championship the one year. But he just – it didn't seem like mentally he could ever figure it out or that they really trusted him. I didn't even know where he ended up. I didn't even know he was still playing, but he evidently he probably balled out at IUP. Yeah, he did. He had 12 touchdowns uh, this past season at IUP. Um, and first team all PSAC. So he, he was a stud out there. He's legit big, man. 6'4", 223. He could run, too. Um, for someone that that's so tall and he could pull away from people and you need some of those guys to where you know that you don't you need you can't have more than four on your team you know guys that are like Irvin Charles where you know you just you have to scratch because anything more than four is a mutiny you have you can have one or two 
you know, and, and you kind of live with the Ravens are the team that skirt that line of just enough of those type guys. Because if you have anything more than that, it's chaos. And we've seen that play out before with them in, in those situations. But I, I think he's a big guy that understands he's big. He's playing big. Everything he does is big. And then you add in the special teams aspect of it so he can play on teams and plays enthusiastically on teams. And now that we saw the receiving skills out there and we saw what he can do as a blocker in a run game at IUP, we're very good football team. You know that PSAC is, is like the SEC of Division Two, and what they do top to bottom. He really put it all together this year and also had a really good week at the College Gridiron Showcase. Yeah, Teron, it's interesting. I don't know how much you know about Irv Charles, but the point I would make is you need your fourth and fifth receivers to be able to play special teams. Like, he might make a roster just because he's a big body that can be on all your special teams. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And, uh, I mean, there's been guys in the past that, that did that. What, what was the guy from the Chargers, man? He was a he was a vertical threat. He was a perennial pro bowler. Um, oh, Malcolm Floyd. Nene. What? Leg- uh, Leg- what did he say? Legado Nene. Yeah, that, you got him too. Uh, so, I mean, you you can make a roster. I, I tell you what, if I could get a sleeper in, uh, D. Anderson out of Alabama A&M, uh, that's the one, you know, everybody talks about Akil Glass, right? Well, most of Akil Glass's catches, you know, his completions, it went to D. Anderson. So that's a guy that, that I think should really be in there. Um, I got to meet him, and, and he he's – that's a long receiver. Like, he's every bit of like that, that 6'5 that he's listed. And uh, he's someone – he was an LSU transfer to Oklahoma State and then to uh, uh, Alabama A&M. But you could go back. You watch the Auburn game. He had a good game against those corners from 2018. Um, the Miami game, he had a solid game as well. So that's another one. Got into a little little stuff there at LSU that, that kind of knocked him off course. But that's a player right there as well. Listen, and I was at the HBCU uh, Legacy Bowl in February, and he was one of the stars of the week at receiver. He was, I posted the video because him and his one cornerback from, I believe it was from Miles College, yo, they were going back and forth all week long. And it was so funny because it was it was uh like the defense was warming up, right? Now, keep in mind, this is warming, this is warm-ups, this is indie. This <laughs> would be Anderson on the other side of the field. He catches the ball and he runs all the way down to the to the the cornerbacks, but they're warming up doing their indies and picks out dude is like, bro, I'm a mess over you again today all day and then jogs right back on the <laughs> then he catches a pass on him and was like man it's like I'm going against air like man you gotta be better than this bro so the fact that they would join every week they brought a lot of excitement and energy and fun to it and it was cool to see them on the same team competing against one another but yeah D. Anderson had a really strong week and some scouts even see him as so uh, like a flex tight end too uh, at the next level what about my boy Jahan Dotson, Emery? I just saw him dominate everybody two years in a row. He was by far Penn State's best offensive player with questionable quarterback play. I can't get any love for Jahan Dotson? No, he is my number four slot receiver, and he's another one that's, like, ridiculously explosive. And, I mean, Maryland should be thanking the football guys that he's no longer – at Penn State because he was just abusing Maryland. Um, but what, what, the thing I had an issue with him, he can get rerouted at times. So he's got to get a little bit stronger to fight through some of that contact within his route. But once he gets football in his hands, 
forget about it. He, he's off to the races. Another one that can really be an impact special team from D1 too. What about uh, Tehran for you? What What do you think of Dotson? I really like Dotson actually. I I originally projected him to the Titans at twenty six, but I you know I kind of pulled back off of that once I thought about how they like their receivers. The the one thing though, when you mentioned Dotson dominating everybody, I thought about Auburn and uh, I don't know, man. Little arms, Roger McCreary. That 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 wasn't exactly the best game for for Dotson. I'll put it that way. But I do like the fact that he does play bigger than his size. You know, as far as being able to go up and and, and make the catches, and he'll make spectacular catches for you. And he had, he's another one that has a lot of gas with him. Now you bring up uh, that. Uh, go ahead, Emery. You bring up that Auburn game, and I, and I, I asked Dotson about these two plays, and um at the combine. And, you know, he had back-to-back plays. You know, he had the big chunk play. And then the next play, he scored a touchdown. And it, it I, I bring this up to tie into the point we was talking about. Uh, you can only have a, at least you know, no more than four of Irvin Charles types. Smoke Monday falls in that category. Because Roger McCreary, like, they, they stacked them, right? They stacked uh, Jahan Dotson, this other receiver. McCreary looked back at Smoke Monday and was like, bro, I'm going to pass this dude off to you. I'm going to take the shorter route. You take the deeper route. Monday looks at him, gives him a thumbs up, like, all right, I got you. <laughs> as soon as the ball snap, he jumps a short route, knocks it, flies back, and you see McCray like, bro, I just told you. <laughs> I'm passing the guy off. But you love Smoke Monday. You want him on your team. But that puts that number very close. You, again, you can't have more than four. Um, Emery, it – who would you like more? I know they're different players, but Traylon Burks or Olave? Hey, listen, I, I'm a big I'm a big Burks fan. Uh, I, I like Olave too. I like both guys, but Burks to me is he would ideally be suited for a Tennessee. Tennessee has the has cornered the market on you know these thick burger wide receivers that they love to throw out there, right? So thick burger, thick burgers, like everybody six three two thirty. And you know what I'm saying? So whole team. <laughs> So Arkansas, I love how they use him. He's a gamer, someone that could be used in the wide receiver run game. Olave is just super polished, man. Olave is just like, you know, uh, how can I, like, this is, this is an analogy that I'm going to use, all right? So people don't be offended. So Olave is like going to shop at Tiffany's, right? Burks is like going on Canal Street in Chinatown. Like, it's good enough, it, it, it's efficient, and people won't know the difference, right? So if you want to pay a little bit higher price, you go to Tiffany's. If you just want to get something to flash a little bit, maybe give some Christmas gifts to somebody, you go right to the Canal Street, you get Traylon Burks. <laughs> Jerron, what you like one of those guys better than the other? Listen, I'm a huge Alave guy. You talk about polish and route running. You talk about consistent hands. You talk about knowing how to use his speed to set things up. You talk about being a vertical guy, knowing how to stack the corners. Man, Alave is that dude to me. I really like – he's my favorite receiver in this draft class. And it's interesting because he he reminds me of a better version of Will Fuller coming out of Notre Dame. And, Emory, you remember, I was in love with Will Fuller until we saw Tavon Young put the clamps on him. You know what I mean? And and then, like, when I saw him get bodied up like that, I was like, well, I don't know. But I think Alave, I, I would take him over Burks 
just because I want guys that can score the football and and he could do that consistently. I do like the way you can move Burks around and 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 put him all over the place. Both of those guys, in my opinion, fit for Tennessee, but I, I think Alave will be a better guy for the Titans because they need more of a vertical threat. Make sure you're checking him out on social media, especially if you're a Titans fan, but anybody needs to, at T Davenport underscore NFL. And, of course, it's time. If you haven't gotten it yet, footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 